All right. Hello, everyone. This is your girl, Kim Grant. We're back and we are continuing our Black History Month and celebrating, but it's not just Black History Month, it's Black History 365. But just to commemorate and take honor of the month of February, we're still here with my good friend, Meg. Say hello. Hello. All right. And what we're going to talk about is Black History Month, African-American food culture, which would be my favorite because I love to eat. Amen. That's right. Like I love to eat. You know, some people um, live to eat or eat to live. I live to eat. (laughs) That's what I do. But we want to talk about some of the things um, that has to do with our food and our African-American history, which food is a very big part of it. And it can be positive and negative depending on what side of the spectrum you're on and what the impact it had when it came to slavery, when it came to soul food, when it came to eating for necessity, Mm -hmm. when it comes to having to create dishes, um, when it comes to the family gatherings, a lot of that centered around food. Yeah, I I agree. And I think we don't realize how much food we eat today really has its roots coming from kind of a difficult time in our history mm-hmm. and a, a time we don't like to talk about very much. Not really. Um, you know, a lot of it, me being a country girl, living on a farm, raising every animal under the book and seeing certain things. Um, and watching my grandfather. Now, my grandfather ate everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was not one part of the animal that went to waste. Mm-hmm. So we had pig feet. And then he would have scrambled eggs and hog brains. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So everything. Every <laughs> Waste not one. <laughs> thing was not wasted. But exactly what you just said. Waste not, want not. Mm -hmm. That was the mentality then. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of times we have heard the stories that when on the plantations and during slavery, the plantation or the slave owner got the better cuts of meat. And then the slaves were left to get the leftovers, the lesser cut. Um, You end up with the chitlins, you end up with hog maw, you end up with oysters, mm-hmm. you end up with different things like that. Now, I had a um a real country girl, city girl moment when I first moved here <laughs> with one of my friends, and um uh, her stepfather was Caucasian, and he knew I was from the South, and he asked me, did I know how to cook pig oysters? And I said, yes. And uh, my friend, she looked and she was like, um, don't you just crack them open or whatever? So I kind of looked at her and said, kind of, sort of, but do you know what pig oysters are? And she didn't. Mm-hmm. And needless to say, I did cook them for him, but now he felt they were a delicacy. Okay. How in the world would you put together, this is my friend, she's from Arkansas, and the first thing her Caucasian stepfather asked me, is do I know how to cook pig oysters? Mm-hmm. Well, just kind of that mentality, those stereotypes that we have exactly. oftentimes around food and certain cultures, right? So mm-hmm. we make we have these generalizations that are kind of rooted in racism. It can be. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he thought, but see, that is just how simplistic yet complicated mm-hmm. this can be. I didn't really mean to offend you, but could you see why now reflecting on it, 
why would you ask me that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, of course, I did. I have worked on Cook That. We went to the deer stand, and on the everybody would go to the deer camp. Mm-hmm. And my mom, my aunt, they would all cook. And it was everything. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So African-American food culture is rich, but a lot of it was the waste not, want not mentality. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it was. Um, and in our house, it was clean your plate. Mm-hmm. You oh, didn't sure. get up until yeah. you cleaned your plate. Yeah. And um, it, it didn't matter what it was. But the basis of it is, is, and the best times that I remember was my grandmother teaching me how to cook. Yeah. And that goes from canning and that goes from getting the food out of the field, Mm -hmm. off the farm, picking the greens, washing the greens, shelling peas, picking peas, making (laughs) jelly. Um, Once we killed a hog, you know, I know how to cut the meat, cure the meat. We had a whole smokehouse that was that was just strictly for the meat. And um, from one thing that we did is that every winter we would kill a hog. Daddy would kill a cow. And that's what we ate on for the winter. Nice. In the deep freeze. Yeah. And that's what we had. I know how to grind sausage from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know. And I understand we live in a vegan world, you guys. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm a carnivore. And, so <laughs> and that's okay, too. <laughs> so the most things, but the fruits, the vegetables, the learning, the teaching, yeah. the culture of it, then it gets to very discerning when we learn about things called food deserts yeah, where you have this long span before you could ever make it to the grocery store. Well, that's where I lived. Right. Because we had the farm. And I think um, Camden was about 10 minutes away. Well, I think the problem that we have in Milwaukee County, we have 13 food deserts in Mm -hmm. Milwaukee County. And I don't think people realize that there are spaces in Milwaukee County where not only do we not have easy access to fresh fruit and produce, but we can't even grow that. We don't have space or Mm -hmm. land Mm -hmm. to grow significant amounts of fresh fruit and produce. So it really makes it challenging for the residents in that area to make the healthier choices, to to do something better for their bodies. Mm -hmm. It, it, it makes it hard to grow. It makes it hard to purchase. Mm-hmm. There is a very big distinct price difference in organic food, healthier food. Mm-hmm. It's way more expensive. Now, as a mother growing up when my four children were just babies, it was easier for me to make a quick dish that may not have been as healthy mm-hmm. than it was for me to go to your more healthier products. Right. So that's a catch 22 because some people can say, well, it's, it's, um, it's more expensive if you don't eat healthy because then you can come with different diseases. There's heart disease, there's strokes and and there's high blood pressure and there's all these different things that are attached to it. But do you understand how hard that is? Does anybody get that? Mm -hmm. Or is it just me? Well, I think that you're right. We know that especially in the African American genetic history of Mm -hmm. Mm African-Americans, they are more prone to those diseases. So, you know, the thought around it is that if we can start moving to more fruits and vegetables and kind of adopt that vegan lifestyle that you were mentioning before, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we can start to better, do better things for our health and then start to do better things for our genetics as we 
kind of move along and pass those things on to our children. Well, yeah, and and let's just say, soul food, what we cook with was not the best, but we made it taste good. Mm -hmm. So the way you got your greens to taste good was Mm -hmm. bacon grease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The way you got other things, they had lard. Mm-hmm. They had Crisco. Yep. You have all these different things and the salt, like and you you did not cook your beans or anything without salt pork. Mm-hmm. Neck bones, smoked neck bones. Now <laughs> we kind of moved to turkey meat or smoked turkey wings or smoked turkey legs and our greens, but that was not what it was when I was growing up. Yeah. Everything was salt pork, was yeah. this, was that, and then the intake of it. So then why do you not understand why the heart disease is higher mm-hmm. in the African American yeah. communities yeah. than it is in any other? It's generations it's of generations. this style of cooking. And, and so too, we are seeing more of that movement towards more modern methods of cooking, which would um, be taking soul food from that hydrogenated fats and all that and Mm -hmm. using methods like stewing, using canola and vegetable oil over lard um, or Crisco, right? So Mm -hmm. that we can try to even just implement the small little things into our diets to try to make better choices and, again, try changing that generational idea of cooking. But let's talk about soul food a little bit. You know, soul food or that terminology came around, I think like in 1964 Mm -hmm. during the rise of Black Pride when many aspects of the African-American culture, including soul music, were being celebrated for their contribution to American life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how, I mean, have you always known your food to be soul food? Listen, there's a difference. There's soul food and then there's Southern food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Soul food Mm -hmm. is usually kind of geared towards Mm African-American. When you think of Southern, you think of Paula Dean. Mm-hmm. You yeah. think of the Cajun cook. Yes. Um, you think of those people, right? Mm-hmm. Julia Childs, all of those. However, what my grandmother told me was soul food means that's just where it came from. Mm-hmm. A lot of times cooking, you would catch them singing. It's when they were kind of laughing and talking. And my grandmother used to whistle in the kitchen and mm-hmm. it, it's, it was a feeling. And that's where it came from your soul, mm-hmm. just like the music. So yes, it, it, when you get your greens and your peas and your black eyed peas and your fried chicken, which eh, fried chicken can be kind of racially tagged to mm-hmm. African Americans and the watermelon and all of that. But when you take some good old catfish, some good fried chicken, and and some greens and some candy yams and some yeah. macaroni and cheese and some hot water cornbread. You put all of that at the table, but then you gather the whole family around. That was when we discussed and we talked about our culture right. and made memories and, and just had so much bonding time, which is some of the things that we are missing today. Oh, sure. Because we are living in the age of Facebook and TikTok and get your plate and go on. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Mama set the table. Everybody had to sit around the table. We had to talk, talk about what your day. And that was not just once a day. Sundays was the big day. But that sure. was every day. Yeah. That was every day. So I love what you're saying. Like soul food, it's not just the cooking of the food, which was done kind of in love and fellowship. Oh, yeah. And then it's that bonding afterwards, eating the food mm-hmm. and being together in fellowship, which is just an amazing thing. And you're right. I think we miss out on that a lot of times nowadays just with how convenient everything is and, mm-hmm. and our idea of just having to be on the go all the time and not take that moment. Yeah. And when we're talking about soul food, 
you kind of mentioned it a little bit in there. I know you have a real personal experience in kind of that mentality that people have when they don't realize the stereotypes that they're using oh, yeah. can affect somebody oh, so yes, much. And there was yes. something sent to your son. Yeah, um, I believe it was his sophomore year in a Snapchat and, you know, the little power, want to be famous type thing. And um, one of his, um, someone sent him and said, um, if you add me to your Snapchat, I will bring you fried chicken and watermelon on the first day of school. Mm. Now, Aaron didn't really realize why his sisters and I had such a bad reaction. My uncle, my cousins, and all of us like, oh, and, you know, he didn't realize that that stereotype um, kind of goes with the blackface and mm-hmm. all of that and right. sitting there eating chicken. and But chicken was the cheapest thing mm-hmm. that they had. It was the most plenteous thing. However, chicken is not my favorite food. Mm-hmm. A good right. porterhouse and a T-bone. That's how you get me. <laughs> yeah. You get what I'm saying? So that was that little stereotype that you have. Mm-hmm. And yes, in the summer when we, we had a watermelon patch and you would catch us going outside and sitting under the tree, you would catch us eating watermelon. Mm-hmm. I eat watermelon now. But I don't think that they knew or if they knew like the jab mm-hmm. exactly that exactly. was. Which I go back to. Um, if we had more education, education, mm-hmm. if we had more culturally diverse courses in our curriculum, mm-hmm. if yeah. we had more of our history explained and talked about and treated fairly, you would know why that would have been offensive. Mm-hmm. So then how can you 100% blame right. the children when our schools are not educating them properly or telling all of the facts as mm-hmm. to what is and what isn't appropriate right. and acceptable? I mean, you might see me going to KLC and just say she like chicken. Let me bring her chicken on the first day of school. Now, as me, no, yeah, bring me chicken on the first day of school. When I think what people don't realize, and you now you just touched on it. Okay, some of this stuff it come it has been implanted in society. It has been implanted in our thinking. So, in 1915, there was a silent movie put out. Um, it was called Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. In that movie, in blackface. Uh, the people who were supposed to, you know, represent black culture, mm-hmm. they were being seen acting just kind of crazy and they were being seen eating fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so all of a sudden we depict or we, um, associate black people with these things that mm-hmm. we see in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It was a silent movie, but still mm-hmm. it was very clear what they were trying to impress upon right. society. That was in 1915 Hmm. that that stereotype was kind of put into silent messaging into society. And it is still being used today. It lives today. And people don't realize sometimes what they're saying, but also, again, the effect it can have on somebody Mm -hmm. when they're not fully educated or taking the time to educate themselves on our society, on our culture, on true history, on our neighbor. And that's the thing. You have to tell the truth about what it is. As great as food is, I do not have a problem with anyone making soul food or requests. I love cooking soul food. Mm-hmm. There is there is absolutely I love eating it. nothing. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, you know, some days I will text my children and be like, I feel like Thanksgiving dinner. And it's in the middle of January. Mm-hmm. And then we have greens and ham and dressing and mm-hmm. yams and macaroni. 
macaroni and cheese and all of that. We have to understand that now I believe the movement, because like I said, true food back then with the salt pork was unhealthy. Sure. Now with Black History Month and the theme being health and wellness, yes, we are moving towards now um, being and cooking soul food in a healthier way. Mm-hmm. Now I've made some progress <laughs> because my thing is grapeseed oil. Okay, I am in love with grapeseed and it's good. oil, yeah, and avocado oil. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorites now, and it gives. Um, although I will have smothered potatoes. But when you smother your potatoes in grapeseed oil, that has a whole nother flavor. That is what soul food, we love the flavor. Mm-hmm. Like if it didn't have, it didn't taste good, we didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not right. That's yeah. not right. Add a little <laughs> bit more, add a little bit more there. It's the flavor yeah. of it. So when you find the healthier ways and even now kind of moving for some dishes, they're moving to more of a vegan aspect and a meatless aspect yeah. of it. And that's wonderful. But then you will have those like me mm-hmm. that will still <clears throat> love her meat. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. So we want to make sure that it is important to understand the difference of our food cultures. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we understand that and that we will make sure that we will get people to understand like how we're facing different things in our communities when it comes to our food. I think that's true. And I think if you take time to learn and appreciate other cultures' foods, it's just one little way that you can – kind of become a little bit more immersed in, in what they were thinking when they made this dish, how this dish was prepared. You might mm-hmm. be able to learn maybe they only had certain kinds of tools in that area of their, their part of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And and so that's how this particular dish came about. Right. It's an opportunity to learn it is. about other people and not just what we're used to. It's an it's opportunity not. to go outside of our bubble in a really fun way. You because outside the bubble? Right. Because food <laughs> is good and, is. You know, and food does offer fellowship. So one thing I think you can understand is one thing we can do is support the Hunger Task Force. Mm. Yep. Because there are so many families who are in need they need food. We need support. Mm-hmm. Support that. And then we can address some of the food desert problems that you spoke about. But also, we also need to learn about cuisines and their culture. Yeah, I Just do. like every okay. culture has their own cuisine. They have their own. African Americans have theirs. Native Americans have theirs. Latino has theirs. Learn about it. Mm-hmm. Understand it, research it, but we got to stop letting Facebook, TikTok, and all of those social media aspects be the tools that teach our children. Right. Because then you will get the things that Aaron got. You will get the quotes like, I'll bring you chicken and watermelon on the first day of school. Mm -hmm. Who's that to blame? Well, that's true. But I also think that it's important that as people who are actively working to help society understand mm-hmm. why they may be impacting people of color, right, who are actively trying to be anti-racist, it's really important for us to shut down racist comments. It's important for us to say, I don't know if you knew this, but that comment that you made is actually rooted in kind of racist mentality and provide that education in a safe, non-threatening way, right? Mm-hmm. So that maybe the next time they don't make the same choice of words when speaking to somebody. Well, that would be a great solution is inform, 
and educate. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, we don't find the information or the education where it should be. In our schools. In our schools. We can sure. start there. Um, because one thing about it, and I think it came to where um, when we had all of this debate with mass and no mass and all that, children will repeat mm-hmm. what they hear at home. Sure. So if you want to know the conversation that's happening at home, listen to what the children are saying in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone that calls someone and say you're an animal because you're mass, that five-year-old didn't just come out of that. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone say, put me on your story and I'll bring you chicken and watermelon, somewhere that, that Caucasian in. child sure. knew that this is what I'm supposed to say to this African-American child. And that's where you're taking the food culture of things that we learn because we're not the only people that like chicken. Or watermelon. I'm going to still eat my chicken and watermelon, but it should not be in a racist, derogatory way. Of course not. It should not be made felt as if, you know, this is something negative. Mm -hmm. No. Educate ourselves. Support. Mm -hmm. Learn. Make sure we understand that, yes, we are moving to more healthy dishes, more healthy choices. Sure. But we have to move one step at a time. And I'm going to stand on it like I stood a long time ago. Education is the key. Yeah. We have to educate. We have to stand. and We have to make sure that we are take one, each one teach one. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about it. What? We be about, we be about it. it. That's what we got to do. It's my girl. I love talking to you today, and I hope that we have said something that could move someone to educate themselves when it comes to soul food, because I love soul food. I love cooking it. I love eating it. I love watching people eat it. I don't like washing dishes after the fact, but that's why I had children. None of us do, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so when we move, when we talk, when we get to it, respect every culture. Mm-hmm. Because I can learn something from each and every culture just like they can learn something from ours. Absolutely. And that's how we make baby steps to getting better. Mm-hmm. So okay. this is Kim. I'm signing out with Meg. Once again, we are here with your GCC. Make sure you can look at our website. Go to our Facebook page, become a member, get involved, and look and remember, we don't just talk about it. We what? We be about it. We're going to be about it. Until next time, peace. Bye.